Welcome to Intimacy Architecture with Christiane Bella. This call-in radio show is here to help you discover the power of your intimacy. So join us with your questions for Christiane and her world-renowned guests, authors, speakers, and doctors. Together, they will help you build a life you love. This is a shame-free space where no topic is taboo. Here is your host, Christiane Bella. Greetings and good evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome. I am Christiane Bella, and you are listening to Intimacy Architecture Radio, learning how to build a life you love. Tonight, I am thrilled to welcome Guru Orpheus Black, part spiritual teacher, part bedroom sorcerer, and all-around badass, and author. And he and I are going to be talking this evening about the roles of masculinity and the world of BDSM. So let's dive in. Welcome. Hey, nice to see you. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look great. I know. I was trying to think the last time I saw you. I mean, I've been in Nashville for like six years now, so probably like seven or eight years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a long, long time. And but life has been treating you good, obviously. Yes, yes. I love Nashville. It ended up being a, a quite a gift to to come here and I'm really enjoying it. And you're doing well. You have a book out, The Enzo, um, on Amazon that gets deeper into this world of spirituality and sexuality. Um, And I'm super excited to get into that conversation with you. So something for me personally that I know I struggled with when I was more involved in the world of BDSM was this role of masculinity especially amongst those who consider themselves dominant, um, kind of coming in and charging in with this, what I guess now a lot of people are, are coining the phrase, you know, toxic masculinity. And I believe you have an understanding of masculinity that um, I'm excited to share with our audience about how to properly use the power of masculinity in a really healthy way. So how did you come upon discovering for yourself what the healthiest balance of your masculinity is? Well, first of all, we have to understand that when we're talking about masculinity, we're talking about a very specific thing. It's the way it's really a barometer by which a society measures what it feels is valuable in its male-bodied individuals. So masculinity is just a measurement in the same way uh, a ruler measures inches, uh, a speedometer measures speed. It it just basically measures whatever it is that you want to put there. And so what happened was people would say this is masculine, that is masculine. And I didn't like what they were measuring in me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, again, you come into a warlike society, they're going to value like, um, this, this kind of aggression, this kind of, do, you know, do anything, say anything mentality. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a salesman, that works. If you're a salesman, that works in a sales room, go get them, go get those sales, say what you have to say to get those things. But mm-hmm. in a relationship, it doesn't work. Right. So we have to realize that when in certain instances, we value certain traits in other instances, we don't. And toxic masculinity really revolves around when certain attributes, things that have been attributed to men show up in the wrong place. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. It's a context. Yeah, it is. It's it's more contextual than it is sexual. Right. You know what I mean? And so what we need to understand and what I think I understood for myself earlier is I'm not a conformist. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to, to, to measure up to what you say masculinity is. I came up with what I want to measure. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good friend. You know, I want to be a good brother. I want to be uh, uh, a good businessman. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to be great spiritual. So now how do I measure up on that masculinity thing because of what I'm measuring? Mm -hmm. To me, that's very, very, very important. Yeah. So I love that. And so let's dive in a little bit more to the idea of context, right? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about in a relationship. And I think, you know, I see this a lot in my world where couples come to me and the wife is complaining that like, well, he's not like manly enough. Um, But then they try to 
dive into what I, I guess their story is about masculinity. And then the, the women complain like, oh, well, now he's mean. Um, and so how do you navigate really learning, you know, for the men that are listening, is there some techniques that we, you would suggest about how to kind of navigate for yourself this understanding of where to show up and how to show up in, in a masculine way? The, the context of that, of, of how to tap into the healthy side of what that male confidence looks like? I think the first thing that you have is basically the first and only thing that you have to know is showing up as your authentic self is enough. Mm-hmm. If it's not enough for them, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my problem because what I'm counting as healthy masculine is this. If you don't agree with it, then we need to find out what you feel is healthy masculine. What are you measuring? And let's see where we overlap because that's where we are strong. Let's see where we separate because that is where we are weak. Mm. And then we can start making compromises between how how my masculinity is showing up in this relationship versus what you are sexualizing as masculinity. Because that's really what's happening. You're sexualizing uh, misogyny or you're sexualizing an overbearing person or you're sexualizing the artifices of confidence. So we really need to go and see where we overlap and where we diverge and then work from there. I love that. So you actually offer um, some obviously one-on-one coaching for couples, but also uh, coaching on the basics of kink. Um, And so all of this can be found on orpheusblack.com that's o-r-p-h-e-u-s-b-l-a-c-k.com you can go on there you can subscribe so you can be in the know of all the wonderful teachings and offerings that guru orpheus black has going on and i highly recommend that to you um so part of your book dives into this idea of awaken awakening the human animal Mm-hmm. Do you think everyone has a human animal? Yes. The human animal is more about the primal aspects of who we are. The way I like to break it up visually is imagine you have a dog and there's you have an owner, right? Mm-hmm. The dog wants to run and jump and be in line with its nature. Whereas the owner wants to be to, to balance the nature with the societal norms. Mm-hmm. Right. So many people are over handling, over managing their primal. Mm. Right. You want to be so in line with what your parents think and what your friends think and what your society think, Mm. your peer group thinks that you don't get to be who you are. Everything becomes second nature. You never get to devolve into your actual nature. So for me, it's really important to get in contact with the primal you know, your authentic self, who you were born to be, not who you became. So you, would you say that we've tamed ourselves? Oh, I I would say we are housebroken. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, really it's domestication. Mm -hmm. We've been domesticated to the extent that we don't know who we are. Right. And this is one of the things that we go over in my, in my class, which is there's, repression, mm-hmm. suppression, and presentation, mm. right? And just to give you guys kind of an example of this, repression is kind of like, think of a kid who lost something. They know it's not outside. They know it's inside, but they've lost it. They can't find it. And they've forgotten about it. Mm. They've moved on with their life. That's what we repress. Right. Say your mom wants you to clean your room and you stuff everything in the closet. <laughs> right? You, you cl- put everything in there and you close the door. You know exactly what's in there, but you're hiding it. That's mm-hmm. what you suppress, right? right? Now you call your mom, say, look, mom, it's clean. That's your presentation oh. to give this idea that everything is in line with the authoritarian expectation. Right? right? So for us, what we have to remember is what we call vanilla Mm. is what we're presenting about our sexuality. It's the presentation of our sexuality. Mm. So this is also the domestication Mm. of our sexuality because society or the authoritarian 
has said what's acceptable and what's not. And you're like, but what about all the stuff in the closet? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's such a big deal for a person to come out of the closet, to reveal themselves, Mm -hmm. to change the presentation. Right. So when you get contact with your primal, you're Mm. changing the presentation. You're in who, who sets the rules, the primal, not the authoritarian. Right. You're not trying to be in line with that. Oh, I mean, that's huge. That's, I would actually gladly be out of business if everyone could do that. I would I'd be happy to go find another line of, of work if, if everyone could do that. Um, and, you know, I know for myself, it was huge to embrace, you know, similar on the feminine side of this idea of like, you know, the slut and the Madonna purity and, and you know, and so what did I present versus suppression? Um, and I just, I love the way you, you break that down. That's, this is why, you know, you are the, the coach to coaches. Like <laughs> we were talking before we came on air. I'm like, oh man, I need to like get in one of your classes. Cause yeah, it, it is truly the, the beauty of bringing in this philosophical and psychological aspect along with the, the spiritual and sensual understanding. And I, I love the way you bring it all together. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really hope to coach coaches into a new level of coaching, mm-hmm. not colloquial coaching. What we do now where we use a lot of buzzwords, catchphrases, and we try to compete with each other, but to give coaches a firm foundation in like Freudian narrative and a firm mm-hmm. foundation in a Jungian perspective, you know, like an education on, uh, you know, educational theory, mm-hmm. right? So that we can really do the hard work and mm-hmm. then we can frame it in a way that really helps us. Right. So this is the, the new path that I want to take to really bump that thing up. And hopefully uh, maybe we'll see you in a class someday. Yeah, I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned in there this idea of vanilla. And so just to kind of give some context for those um, who are listening, who have, you know, are new to the ideas of kink and BDSM. Vanilla is considered kind of this overall umbrella for, would you say like the standard heterosexual missionary style sex life? If you were to like, would you, the normal is, is, is normal sexual, what you consider normal sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. That's it. And again, cause when we look at kink and the, the catch all uh, term for kink is, um, Kink is anything that that a de- any deviation from what that person thinks is normal sexual behavior, any deviation from what you think is normal sexual behavior. OK, so it, what you think is vanilla. <laughs> you know what I'm saying what you're doing that fits in that parameter is vanilla. When you deviate, that's kink. Any mm-hmm. deviation. And, it, and the important thing is, and this is where we have to remember, is it's not what I think is kink. It's mm-hmm. what my client thinks is kink. Mm-hmm. When we go through their, you know, they're defining sexual parameters, understanding their narrative, getting into the diegetics of their uh, inner narration. Yeah. We start to find that they're actually a lot kinkier than they think they are. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think once you start to give yourself permission to go in and explore, you realize that there's a lot of desires you have. And I feel like there's a sort of like unfolding that occurs of just mm-hmm. like, well, I thought I wanted to be spanked, but now I really realize that what I'm looking for is, you know, to be tied up and have, you know, high heels on and, and it just starts to unfold um, because it's really, I think feel like a feeling that we, we look for, you know, it's like, it's not so much the, the whips and the chains, you know, those are all tools and devices, but the feeling that you're looking for and that sensation and that emotional journey, when you can figure out what that is, and then everything else just become like the, the tools to navigate that. Yeah. Um, to some extent, I, I mean, I agree with that. And, and to take it a step further, what we're talking about oftentimes is the symbolism. Mm. What we're talking about is the symbology, you know, like, let's say I get a client and they're talking about, um, they have fantasies of being put on display or public sex or something like that. And they're like, okay, exhibitionism, but it's not really about exhibitionism as much as it is a relationship with other. Mm. Right. And yeah. so I, I start going into things like, 
do you think other people think you're pretty? Mm-hmm. Right. right. That That's, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know. You know, do you think that, you know, you were as beautiful as you were when you were 18? Oh mm-hmm. no. What was the difference? Are you prettier now? Or are you prettier then? And who judges? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So for me, it's really important about understanding the symbolism of kink to get to the underlying narrative that we're really looking at. Right. So there's mm-hmm. a whole spectrum of symbolism that yeah. we need to understand. What does rope represent? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What does, what does suspension mean? You know, what does it represent right. to you? And going into the underlying narrative in how that fantasy is really just kind of a sublimated energy for something deep, deep in that primal space that's not being satiated. Mm. So good. Oh, I can't wait to get back into this as soon as we return from our quick little break here. This is Christiane Bella, and with me is Guru Orpheus Black, and we will return in just a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The holidays are just around the corner. Do you want to go through another round of fighting and avoiding your family? Or are you ready to build the life you love? Intimacy Architecture is here to help with our Relationship Reset Program, which combines individual and partner sessions. Learn communication techniques, self-awareness, and shift your approach to connection so you can restore trust and enjoy healthy relationships with those close to you. Visit IntimacyArchitect.com to enroll. What's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter? You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Intimacy Architecture. We want to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1 866 472 5788. You know there's a question you have or something on your mind. That's 1 866 472 5788. Feeling shy? That's okay. Send an email to intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christiane might be answering you on an upcoming show. Now back to Intimacy Architecture. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm Christiane Bella and with me is Guru Orpheus Black. We are discussing the world of kink BDSM, roles of masculinity, just diving in, um, talking about the symbolism. And I love that because I feel like that really is a big thing, this, this symbolic idea of what society has taught us that masculinity means mm-hmm. and and the roles that we want to play out in the world of kink or BDSM. And would you say there is a healthy way to use role-playing to maybe discover more about your masculinity? And what would that maybe look like? You know, what's interesting about role-play is no matter the role, it's really about exploring power dynamics. Mm -hmm. And to me, when we start talking about masculinity versus femininity, again, we're talking about power dynamics because we're playing within the societal norm, Mm -hmm. right? So really, we can't think of an egalitarian role play, right? You can Mm -hmm. do like the teacher and the student. You can do the the doctor and the patient. You can Mm -hmm. do the officer and the inmates. You can do the judge. Mm -hmm. And it's still about power dynamics. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about masculinity as something that exists autonomously from all everything else in a vacuum, we can kind of examine it. But when we talk about it in a role in uh, the role of femininity, how it plays the juxtaposition, the, the fluidity of it, it always becomes about power dynamics. Mm. Right. And yeah. so when we start talking about these power dynamics and role play, what we're really examining is, do I have an intrinsic power by being myself Mm-hmm. Or do I need to rely on social norms to give me that power? Mm-hmm. Right. Do I need to be a character or an archetype that is emboldened and she is playing within the con- the three way agreement between us and society? Mm-hmm. Or is it a negotiation between me and the other person? Mm-hmm. Right. That's really yeah. important because when we start getting into kink and we start negotiating parameters between each other, most people say, well, I don't know what to ask for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
But as soon as I say, okay, we're just going to role play and you're going to be, would you like to be the patient or the doctor? And they go, oh, I want to be the patient. I don't want that power. Right. No. Okay. Well, now it starts to say something about your position Mm -hmm. when we go into the power dynamics, when we go into the negotiation. Then we start talking to them. It's like, do you want it? I never assume just because one partner wants to be the submissive or the dominant or the person in power, not Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to just say you're by default, the other person. I'll say, who do you want to be? Mm. You know what I mean? Because maybe they say, I want to be the doctor or I want to be the judge or I want to be the warden. Right. So now we have two people who want to play with power. Mm -hmm. So forget about masculine and feminine. What do you want to play with? How do you want to play with power? Mm. Right. Contextually within the parameters of the relationship, how are we going to bring this about so that this can be a space that you can access on a regular basis? Right. So that's where I take people in. So I, I remove the masculine and feminine and let's just start talking about power dynamics mm-hmm. because you may get some men who want a male-bodied individual who want to dress like a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. It's all there for you. Yeah. You want to be a, a, a female-bodied indi- a individual who wants to dress like a, ma- a tough male figure. Do you see what I'm saying? Or yeah. you might be a powerful man who a male-bodied individual wants to be a submissive mm-hmm. individual or, or someone with less power. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, soon as I can, if, if gender and masculinity are not the narrative, I take mm-hmm. it right out of that space and right. move it right into power dynamics. Cause that's truly the essence of it. I love that. Yeah. That's really the, the root of it. So with power dynamics, how do you, I guess, and this is where I, I think, you know, the spirituality comes in. How do you kind of reconcile with yourself, this balance of a healthy use of your power of, um, and maybe aggression isn't the right word, but finding this balance of, of directing your power in a way that helps to foster safety in that container. Um, and is mindful of not being abusive, I guess, just to kind of like get right to it. Well, I think that what we're going to talk about is implicit and explicit agreements right? We make implicit agreements with society, mm-hmm. you know, that you are going to kind of use your power in a certain way. And through role play, we can examine those implicit conversations. And mm-hmm. then we can bring them over when we stop talking about your characters and start talking about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is the ethical treatment of a, a, that a doctor would use? Well, if he's technically touching his patient, this is not ethical. Right. Right. But within the context of our agreement, not society's agreement mm-hmm. with doctors, within the context of our agreement, how can we be ethical? Mm. You I see what I'm saying? That. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about, how you inhabit the role, mm-hmm. your energy that you're bringing to the role. My, you know, just look at it from an actor's point of view. How many people have played the Joker and everyone's played it different? Mm. Right. Very Same true. role, but everybody's bringing something different to the mm-hmm. role. Right. So when you come into this power dynamic, when you have someone subject to your authority, how are you going to govern? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, yeah. first person might say, I'm going to create uh, an agreement between us that highlights the things that I want, highlights the things that they want. And I'm going to stick to that agreement, you know, all the way through, because I think that that's ethical and we can still do X, Y, and Z. But then again, I've also got people that say, well, that's my slave and they can't do anything about it. They can't say yes. They can't say no. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh, okay. That's how it shows up for you. Okay. I got it. But maybe we can talk a little bit differently because this is your partner. Right. Right. And so we go into these places. We do these things. We start talking more and more about how they can show up, have their wants, needs, and desires represented, respected, mm-hmm. and acted upon right? Without violating someone else's. Yes. Right. And that's, that's a, it's a difficult process when you have one person who's into kink or wants to explore it deeper mm-hmm. and the other person is resistant, uh, resistant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that definitely shows up a lot in my world. That tends to be the, the people who show up on my doorstep are, you know, someone who's like super curious and is like ripping open that Pandora's box. And the other person is like in the corner, just like, I don't know about this. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, there is an interesting thing happened. There was this, 
you know, 50 shades of gray came out and, and there was this one side where I'm like, Oh good. Everyone's talking about BDSM and kink and it's becoming a part of like a common, you know, water cooler style conversation. And then at the same time, I'm like, Oh, but this is a really unhealthy representation of that world. And so if you are out there and you are curious, are there things that people should be looking for or asking when they're talking to somebody about exploring this world, about what the role of the dominant person is going to be um, in order to really have a, a, a healthier entrance into this? <laughs> All right. First, I'm going to say I, I don't share your your uh, your idea of about Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, totally. That's that's fine. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say this: Fifty Shades of Grey is not ideal. Okay. Right. But there are people who ha do have those problems, mm -hmm. who do have that money, who do want women in that situation, who want to be a financial dominant. Right. And and so what we're seeing is more real actually than it is mm -hmm. fantasy, mm -hmm. right? Because it, first of all, if you can afford me to coach you mm -hmm. personally, one-on-one, -on -one, you have money, mm -hmm. right? And we know that money uh, has been used as a, as a extension of a male sexuality for mm -hmm. ever, right? Mm -hmm. And so bringing finances to bear within the parameters of kink is, it's just a, a part of it. We cannot say that it's not a part of it. It is 100% part of it. We have financial domains and financial dominance who expect their subs to pay tribute. But mm -hmm. you also have dominance that kind of keep an indentured relationship mm -hmm. where they think because I'm doing this for you, I'm a part owner in this space. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at the symbology mm. of what it is, right? And so what's healthy is if, she had a clear, explicit agreement with him and he stuck by the rules. Mm. What happened is you had two sets of rules going simultaneously, mm. right? Because I know 50 million subs and say, oh, it's not, this is not ideal. Was this, that, and the other? I said, but if you were the, if you were the, his sub, would you go for it? Oh, hell yeah. Like buy me a car. You know what I mean? Like, like fly right. me around the world, like show up at my mom's house. Come on, I can't get my partner to do that now. So I'm like, so it works for people if we can get on the same page. Mm. Most people don't take the time to get on the same page. Right. Right. So I'm brokering emotional relationships, mm. contextual rela relationships that start with a spiritual narrative, a deep spiritual narrative and mm. moves into a place of physicality. I do not start with physicality. Mm. Right. Because I need to move as slow as the most uh, uncomfortable person. Wow. Right. So it's like I got to get this person's soul right. I've got to yeah. get their heart right. I've got to get their emotions intact. I got to get their thought process going. Then we can start spanking butt and doing all these other things. If we can't do that, we can't do anything. And I refuse mm -hmm. to move forward if they can't go through the process. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> because I think it is a part that a lot of people overlook. Um, I think at the bare minimum, someone's like, Oh, are you going to agree to this? Yes or no. And then they just want to get in to do it and, and really taking time to kind of look at your own spiritual journey as to, you know, what is bringing here and what is unresolved. Um, especially here, you know, being in Nashville, I, I run across a lot of people who have a lot of conflicted spirituality, like religion has really damaged their sense of self and what they feel like they are worthy of um, as far as deserving pleasure and what they feel like they have the right to ask for or even discuss. And so before you can even get to playing, I think is to kind of unravel a lot of um, the, the toxic side of, of spirituality that, um, I think is, has been, you know, caused some confusion for people. So when, yeah. when society failed us by allowing sex to become secular, mm. that's really what it's about. When we took the rich, rich uh, when we took the ritual out of intercourse, out of sexuality, out of the mating ritual in of itself, 
we started failing our partners because it doesn't give us a context to reverence our partners, mm -hmm. to worship our partners, to bring, to see them as more than a body presented before us, but a being who is worthy of, of more than just the, the reproduction, uh, uh, the process of reproduction, mm -hmm. right? We started using specifically women as vessels for our progeny and not someone who is a part was created by a divine creator. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to me, that is society's failing, taking the ritual right. out of sex. And when you start talking about BDSM, when pe most people come over, they want to be a part of a sex ritual. Mm -hmm. Right. And because that's what spiritual is, it's a spirit right. ritual. That's why you go to church, because you need a ritual to reconnect you with mm -hmm. a deeper sense of purpose, a deeper sense of meaning, a higher ca calling. When we start talking about sex, it's the same thing, right? We want a deeper narrative, something more. There's something out there that mm -hmm. I'm not getting. And we wind up in BDSM because we reverence every aspect of the deity of the God, from the physical to the infysical. Mm from the finite to the infinite, right? And when you can see the infinite in your partner, you realize that just penetrating them is not right. what they're looking for. You are not worthy of re reverencing this goddess. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Your partners are so lucky. I just got to say it. This should be like required learning for everyone. Um, <laughs> So let's, let's talk about the ritual. Do you have some, you know, first timer techniques in, in creating ritual that you would suggest if, you know, to those listening that maybe want to start this practice of, of having this reverence for one another? Yeah, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my handy dandy uh, ritual starter, which is four words, space, place, time, sacrifice, mm. space, Place, time, sacrifice. Now, I'll give you an example of how you mm -hmm. use it every day. Mm -hmm. Have you ever said, this is neither the space nor the time <laughs> for this conversation, right? <laughs> In that we're acknowledging, right, that space and time or place and time mm -hmm. are valuable. They're important, yeah. right? Here's another one. I'm not willing to give that up. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sacrifice that. I'm not willing to let this go. Right. Right there. So we we all four of those are essential to any ritual. Mm -hmm. So. What's important is if we want to go and go a deeper meaning, we have to say there's a place, a physical structure that we're going to go to do this mm -hmm. thing. But I'm responsible for creating a safe space. Mm. You know, one that's conducive to dropping you in. Right. And we do it naturally. You put on music, you do the candles, you light mm -hmm. a fire. Right. You bring the mood down so that it's easier for a person to drop into that space. Right. Really simple. Right. But you have to make sure that the time is right. Mm. Right. Timing is everything. You can't want to get intimate while they're changing diapers or cooking <laughs> dinner or a person's mowing the lawn or something like that. It doesn't work to just jump mm -hmm. in there. Whatever. Time is important. And I always say, with regards to, to time, show up early, stay late, be present the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to remember. Show up early, stay late, be present the whole time. Oh. Right? And then we start talking about sacrifice. Mm -hmm. What are you, as the facilitator, as the creator of this ritual, willing to give up mm. in order to have this experience? Yeah. Most people are like, okay, I'm going to try We're trying to try and get it before the game, but after the kids go to sleep, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's like, you don't get to have it all. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to know I'm willing to let this go. I'm willing to let right. that go in order to show up and be present this whole time. I'm willing to turn off my phone, mm -hmm. turn off the computer, mm -hmm. turn off the television show. I'm sacrificing everything to be in this moment. And you know what? The more sacrifice you make, the more present you'll become. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you eliminate the distractions, you know, and you really are choosing this as an active choice and you're not attempting to divide your attention, but you're really saying like, I am willing to be here now and nothing else matters than, you know, this experience that we are co-creating and choosing together. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god such juicy good stuff i feel like we could do this for hours um but we have a break our last break of the evening and then we will be right back have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america The holidays are just around the corner. Do you want to go through another round of fighting and avoiding your family? Or are you ready to build the life you love? Intimacy Architecture is here to help with our Relationship Reset Program, which combines individual and partner sessions. Learn communication techniques, self-awareness, and shift your approach to connection so you can restore trust and enjoy healthy relationships with those close to you. Visit IntimacyArchitect.com to enroll. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Intimacy Architecture. We want to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. You know there's a question you have or something on your mind. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? That's okay. Send an email to intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christiane might be answering you on an upcoming show. Now back to Intimacy Architecture. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Christiane Bella, and with me this evening is Guru Orpheus Black, and we are just in the juiciest conversation about the world of power and ethics and really um, creating ritual in our in our sexual adventures. So let's talk a little bit, because um, there is this dynamic of, you know, the, the dominant and submissive and within that, I know <laughs> whenever I would play with uh, people, I would always get this feedback of like, well, you top from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, you know, um, and a lot of that was, you know, my working through my own trust of, of the masculine energy um, of, of being able to really truly submit. What thoughts do you have about what it takes to safely get into that submission headspace and if someone's looking to hold that space, how to help foster that? Mm, That's a good question. (sighs) Let's talk about what submission actually is. Submission is a perpetual state of surrender, Mm. right? Surrender is something you do once like a army comes to your, your town you surrender once, it's over, everything's done. That's what most people think that they're going to do. I'm going to give you permission to touch me tonight. But submission is really about giving yourself permission to explore your yes. Mm. Right? You're saying yes to this engagement. What are you really saying yes to? Mm. Let's go deep into the the stickiness, the the deliciousness, the texture of your yes. What are you saying yes to, right? So we're talking about intimacy, sexuality, right? For me, sexuality means the way with which we gratify desire. Mm. The way with which you gratify desires. And that's what I'm talking about. Forget the toys. How do you want to scratch that itch? Mm. You know what I mean? Where? Show me where it is. Let me touch it. Let me taste it. Let me feel it. Right? Yeah. And I'll tell you the way I'd like to do it. And you can tell me the way you'd like to do it. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
And then when we come up with how we're going to go about it, then you allow me to do it. You give me permission. So first submission is about giving you permission. The second Mm. submission is about giving them permission. That's what's really, really Mm -hmm. important about that. Most people don't want to allow themselves to have permission to enjoy their own desire. Mm. You're sabotaging yourself for some reason. Well, I shouldn't do that. This is wrong. This is bad. I should, you know, uh, I don't want you to focus on me because I'm not worth it. Mm -hmm. Give yourself permission first before you give anyone else permission. Yeah. Right. Submission is giving yourself over to your own permission. Mm. You're in. Here's another way to look at it. I'm either in service to my own wants, needs, and desire or in service to someone else's. Mm -hmm. But it starts with your wants, needs, and desires and then someone else's. Right? So that's in a nutshell what submission is. Right? Right? When we start talking about dominance, what we're talking about is a person who has the desire to facilitate that submission. Mm -hmm. To facilitate the satiation of these desires, right? My job is not about focusing on my pleasure. My pleasure will come. It's about helping this person explore who they are in a Mm -hmm. deeper, more meaningful way. And when they've relieved themselves, when they've come to this place where they're full and satiated, the gratitude that they feel will be, you know, lavished on you. Right. It's a reciprocal process. Mm -hmm. So when we start going into that position of give and take, almost like something the the ocean does when it Mm. pulls and gives and it it always gives more than it pulls. Right. Right. It always. And if you've ever stood on the beach and the wave goes out, you can feel that gravity like it's pulling you out Mm -hmm. to sea. Right. And it's gentle and it's nice. But Mm -hmm. then that wave comes back. And so that's why I like to think I'm just that that gentle pulling, you know, just Mm -hmm. a little more, a little more, a little more. And then they're like, oh my God. And this wave comes over and you get everything you've ever wanted or needed. Mm. Uh, um, Just beyond thrilled (laughs) to be having this conversation with you. It's just so good. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the, I guess the word Tantra, I think it's thrown around a lot as well. And so, (laughs) so when we talk about this idea of bringing spirituality into sex, do you feel like that also just becomes like the default umbrella is this idea of like, that it becomes tantric sex at that point. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm as a, I'm going to say this as a Buddhist, Mm -hmm. I don't ascribe to Tantra because what it is in the United States is not what it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. It's become this thing that is about um, very detailed, very conscious physical interaction. And that's fine. That's great. We really do need to learn how to be present mm-hmm. and, and show up and really focus. And some people do need ways of doing this, but sex in and of itself should be spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally the ritual that we use to bring more life into this world. Mm-hmm. It is an act of creation. So how could it not be spiritual? Mm-hmm. What we lack is the intentionality mm-hmm. in the bedroom to really connect with a deeper, higher self, right? What is self-flagellation? Flogging? Mm-hmm. Who flagellates? Priests, monks, holy men, right? We're doing the same Mm -hmm. thing. You got people who are tied and bound for weeks at a time to experience a higher state of consciousness. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Right? So we are doing all the rituals, the piercing, the bloodletting, the cutting. We're doing all the forms, right? But we don't do it with intentionality. Mm. We're not bringing why this, the meaning, the meaning behind what it mm-hmm. is that we're doing. What does this mean? What does this represent? What does this symbolize? Mm. 
for us creating a spiritual container brings makes this the spirit forefront it brings everything to the 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 front of the thing and that's what we're doing we're creating a ritual to to embrace yeah right so to me i think it's really important that we get out of this idea that tantra is the spiritual sex when sex is spiritual inherently mm. right right i hope people and- in the tantra community doesn't get upset with me <laughs> no, I mean, you know, that's the thing is this is a space for everyone to be there, you know, speak their truth. And, and I love that. That's beautiful because, you know, I think it it is a tool like, you know, like a flogger or like anything else. And, and so the point is, yeah, is, you know, what's the essence of it? And the essence of it is to connect this spiritualness to your, your sensual adventures, whatever that ends up looking like for you, Um, because you get to be the co-creator. And, you know, for me, coming from like a kundalini background, that's like one of the first things, you know, you learn about the second chakra is that it's inherently just creation. Like you can use that creation for sexuality. You can use that creation to paint a painting. It's, but it's creative energy and you decide where it goes. And that's why when we do space, place, time, the creation of space is the, is the second chakra. Mm -hmm. Right. It is literally the act of creation. You're, you're creating something that is not tangible, but it affects behavior and identity. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very similar to um, to Michelle Foucault's uh, heterotopic spaces where you go. Well, spaces have a direct influence on who we are, how we behave and what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why they turn the lights down in the movie theater before the picture goes to bring your energy down, mm-hmm. to change your behavior, to lower your voice. Libraries mm-hmm. are the same way. Right. That's why they're always lit, dimly lit, no matter what time of day it is or what time mm-hmm. of night it is. It's going to be the same thing. So the creation of space is directly related to that thing. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, to that chakra. So when we get into the act of creation, we have to understand that it's environmental, it's physical, it's emotional, it's psychological. It operates on all these different planes, not just one. So get, reverencing all of them outside of the physical brings us into a more spiritual place, a, a, a more self-determined space and more intentional space. Mm. I love this. And this is a conversation I often have when we talk about this idea of safer sex, that safer sex is not just like, are you using a condom? It's like, how are we creating this container where you feel comfortable? And that may be that you need to have the door open or you want more lights on or whatever that looks like for you. And that it really is about creating a space where you can, like you were talking about earlier, like go into this place of submitting first to yourself and then um, with your partner. This, uh, so, yeah. this martial arts teacher, uh, Cliff Stewart, rest in peace, who just passed recently, mm-hmm. used to have this saying, dangerous things can't be done safely. Mm. You know, everything is safer. Right. Safer. What makes you, what will make you feel safer? Mm-hmm. Right. To me, creating unrealistic expectations, being attached to this idea of safe is is already in and of itself creating an unsafe environment Mm -hmm. because it's creating an unrealistic expectation. And so for me, when we talk about this, it's like there's we have to be aware of the risk, risk aware, consensual kink. Right. We have to be aware of the risk so that we can consent to it. Mm -hmm. But if I say we're going to have safe sex, it's like there's no such thing as safe sex. First sex. Right. So I think that's a very important understanding. I think when I bring that to the forefront, especially when I'm negotiating with a couple doing a three way negotiation, helping them understand that we're all assuming risk here. And if something happens, we're creating obligations to helping to fix this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because nobody ever thinks about if I flog you too hard and I hurt your back and you can't go to work and then you get fired. what's, What's the thing? Right. So we have to have realistic expectations. We have to assume the risk and we have to not think about things as being safe, but safer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I think that's, you know, that's what starts to open the door to have the conversation to really dig in about what your needs are. And that, you know, initially, I think a lot of times when we think about these pleasures, the needs are very focused on you know, I want this thing to happen. And it's like, well, what is underneath that? And what is underneath that? And you just kind of keep unraveling until you really get to the root of what you need to create this container. Um, so we have a couple minutes left. 
So um, I just want to plug all your good juicy stuff so that everyone can find <laughs> you and follow you and um, and get all of the the wisdom. So uh, the book is The Enzo, E-N-S-O, and that's on Amazon. Correct. And you can follow Orpheus.black.12 on Instagram. And it's OrpheusBlack.com, O-R-P-H-E-U-S-B-L-A-C-K.com. Hop on there, subscribe, get in the know of all the classes and all the wonderful information that this brilliant guru provides. Um, so what, are there any other resources or closing thoughts or what's, what's the, the big takeaway you want to be sure everybody leaves here with? I think if I'm going to leave a big takeaway, it would be that the exploration itself is always worthwhile. Mm. You know, I mean, Socrates said, know thyself. But in this way, what we're talking about is not relying on what you present, but who you actually are. Because at the end of the day, it's your life. Don't lead it for someone else. Right. Be you and enjoy being you. So good. Love it. Love it. Um, so I'm trying to come up with one of those clever questions I ask people, you know, and anytime. <laughs> so, so my clever question that ties into the theme of my stuff, which is build a life you love is how do you build a life you love? By being authentically me. Mm. I can't build a life that I live if I'm not actually living, if I'm not actually living for my wants, for my needs, for my desires. I have to make sure that everything is aligned inside because our outside is an extension mm. of our internal world. You know what I mean? Everything is a Buddhist saying where you say everything on the outside is in the manifestation of an internal process. If you haven't got your internal process correct, then everything outside of you will not be authentic. You can't mm -hmm. build with no motivation without any proper guidance from your heart. It's so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was gorgeous. Ah, oh, so once again, our guest this evening has been Guru Orpheus Black. It has been the most incredible conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us. All right, everyone, we will see you again next week. And our guest is Reed McCallo, um, also another sex geek of sorts. So um, I'm super excited. Thanks for joining us. Reed Mahalko, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Orpheus. Thank you for tuning in and being part of Intimacy Architecture. Join Christiane Bella for the next show. We're live every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go enjoy the weekend.